as a country, our overall debt hit a record $1.5 trillion in 2018. It's the second most significant form of consumer debt behind mortgage loans. Well, there's a new idea out there. I want to explain this a little bit better. Let's bring in John Kvaznik. He's a financial advisor and expert with Bank Cherokee in St. Paul. Morning, John. Good morning, Corey. How are you doing this day? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent, excellent. It's beautiful out here. Yeah, beautiful in St. Paul. Yeah. I didn't know how far St. Paul is from Minneapolis, but it's it's a it's little sunny. challenging here. It's sunny over here. <laughs> I love your outlook, John. Um, so we're talking about this idea here. There was an idea, John, that was proposed by Tony James. He's the executive vice chairman of the Blackstone Group. So James is supporting of something called an income share agreement, or ISA. And what this is, and they've actually set something up here. It's with the Education Finance Institute. And they've set up this ISA program. Basically, they'll pay for a student's education, and then after graduation, students agree to pay a set percentage of their income for a certain period of time. How's that work? Well, I think it's a a great idea, and it gives us our our students and our children and our community more choices, which I think whenever we have more choices when we're trying to figure out how to pay for our kids' education, that's a good thing. And this is up and coming, and it's not really that popular yet in Minnesota. Uh, However, I think we're going to see a lot more of these ideas where we either have some share costs or some different ways to creatively finance our kids' education down the road. Now, is this is this ISA is that used for anything else outside of college? Like, is it a is it a program that's used for I don't know something else? Well, what's interesting about the concept is if you think about this in- income share agreement ISA, it's really a twofold in my mind. Is it incents our children to maybe go into fields of studies and professions that they normally might not think of as being financially lucrative, and it also has a way for them to also pay for that down the road without being burdened. So I think the model is awesome, and it might really be a creative way to finance other things our children and our families need down the road. Yeah, so explain that. So if you went, so you, you would pay, they would pay up front, and then you would pay a set percentage. So if you start making $30,000, well, then it could be potentially, you know, it's 2%, 3%, 4%, whatever it is, but then it's just a part of that 30,000%. But if it's, it's higher, then you would, you would pay higher, but you could afford it. Exactly. So if you have a a child or a student, uh, some of our listeners' kids who maybe want to go to a college and they want to get a liberal arts degree or they want to go into social services, and they know in their mind that they're not financially driven, it isn't all about the money for them, it's maybe a passion or something they value in the way they do their life, that they can figure out a way to pay for that or maybe even have the school partake in that because the school is fronting the money, the university in a sense, up front before you even get done with school. And then they're saying to you, if you can pursue a career that maybe isn't financially that lucrative, we're going to forgive, in a sense, that loan. We're not going to force you to be burdened for the next 10 years of your life post-college. It's a pretty awesome idea. So the people putting up the money, if there's these organizations, are they, I mean, are they just doing this at the good of their hearts? Or is there like, you know, we're kind of taking, we're taking a risk and sometimes uh, people, we're not going to get paid fully back, but in others, we're going to really, we're going to really hit it big. So I think what they're really trying to accomplish, uh, and you mentioned this, Tony James, and I think the universities in conjunction together, is if I financially uh, have a burden in being able to go to college in the first place, that's a barrier that I might not be able to get through. The universities are saying maybe we can help that person without having them go out and get a traditional student loan, or maybe they'd like to have more children and more students in the liberal arts field and things that are more community-oriented, but there just isn't a financial reason Mm -hmm. for a student to want to do that. And this is a great way to accomplish those goals, but get over those barriers of 
Is it really make sense to go to school for four years to come out and make $35,000 a year doing something good for society? Well, this is a way the college is actually or university is partnering with that student. That's a really, yeah, it's a really neat idea. We're talking with John Kavaznik. He's a financial advisor and financial expert with Bank Cherokee in St. Paul. Are many universities doing this? I saw that Purdue mm-hmm. um, in uh, Indiana was the first major university to start offering ISAs in 2016. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they've got this backup boiler income share agreement program. It's raised millions from institutions and and wealthy people, along with a hedge fund and a family office. Have you seen many institutions or universities doing this yet? So I think it's really kind of on the cutting edge. And I, uh, this is really a new, uh, different way of approaching things, kind of thinking outside of the norm. And I, I believe we're going to see a lot more of it because we can't continue to straddle and strap our children with so much student loan debt, especially when we want them to go into areas that society can benefit from. So we may not be seeing a lot of it in the public universities and in the schools yet, but I'm pretty confident that this is a good model that will be a fit for some students. Maybe not everybody, but it's going to be coming down the pipeline, it sounds like. When you meet with people who are just graduating or, or just after graduation or a few, few years down the line, mm-hmm. and they're coming to you, what, what are they saying about their financial situation? What, what are some stories that you hear the most? Yeah, I think one of the most common stories will be is I went to school for four years. I have $100,000 of student loan debt. I went into an industry like a school teacher, a nursing, social services, and now I'm saddled with all this debt, and I have a huge payment, but I want to have a career where I'm not driven by money, and I have no way to buy my first home. I have no way to take a vacation. I have no way to really pay rent because I'm saddled with all this. This is a great solution for those students and those people who like to do those uh, ideas that are value-oriented and have a passion and it's not money-driven. What's your approach when somebody comes to you? Um, I, do you, like, uh, do you f- push people down particular paths or do you just do you kind of sit back and, and listen and then maybe give advice? Right. So what's great about this idea, and that's why I think it's going to really come to the forefront more often, is it's really about choices. Right? So you have to do a lot of research. And when you're an 18-year-old uh, student and you're going off to college, your primary focus is not how is it going to get paid for necessarily. It's what am I going to study? How are things going to work out on campus? You know, what is my social life going to be about? But then you don't put the uh, time and the energy into wondering, well, how is that going to get paid for? And so this is a great opportunity to say, here's a, uh, something that might be a fit or here's something that might not be a fit. Do your homework, do your research, talk to the financial aid people on campus, talk to your family and friends and say, you know, here's my student outlook, here's my career path potentially, here's what I want to study. Do you think this is a good fit? Last one for you, John. We're talking with John Kovacnik. So there is a stigma around an ISA that it's a form of indentured servitude, Uh, you know, because then you you go and you – you get uh, you you basically pay them back for the education, but Education Finance Institute says, you know, quote, it's more liberating than anything else. It allows you to be able to choose what you're saying, whatever job or career path that you want, without being forced to pay some fixed level of payment. But how do we get over that? Maybe that stigma of well, this is this is indentured servitude. So I would look at it this way is when we think about how it works is there's a finite timeline. So if a student goes to college and they graduate and for the first four years they decide they want to do public service, they want to go in the Peace Corps, they're not going to have a high-paying career, the clock is already starting on paying back that debt. So it isn't as if they're just 
accruing huge interest payments on top of the debt they already have. So it's a great way to do that. And I'm always a believer, and I think most people would be, is if I have success financially and I'm capable of paying what I should pay my fair share, I have no problem with that. If somebody is going into an industry that isn't financially rewarding, but it's great for society and it matches mm-hmm. their values, why not let them have a little bit of a, a, a give back, right? They're contributing back, not financially, but socially. And I think they deserve that. So yeah. I don't think it should have a negative stigma at all. Thanks so much for the time. Jonathan Kavaznik, a financial advisor with Bank Cherokee in St. Paul. Appreciate the insight on these uh, ISAs, John. Awesome. Thanks for the time, Corey. Okay. Talk soon. Take care. If you have any questions, please contact Jonathan Kavaznik at jkavaznik, that's K-V-A-S-N-I-K, at securitiesamerica.com. ESG Players Podcast can be found on iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and many other platforms through the Backroom Studios. That's Backroom Studios, S-T-E-W-D-I-O-S. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member F-I-N-R-A, S-I-P-C, Jonathan B. Kavaznik, C-H-F-C, Registered Representative Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisories, Inc., Cherokee Investment Services, Bank Cherokee, and Securities America are separate companies, not FDIC insured, no bank guarantees, may lose value, not insured by any government agency, not bank deposits.